0: I am excited to introduce our next guest. This man is near and dear to my heart, John Carippo. Uh, for people that, that know a little bit about my story, I just about left the world of education in 2018. I was applying outside of education. And um, my principal at a new school, we've talked about Matt Harvey before, he probably saw deer in the headlights. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, sure. here I am coming from teaching first, second, and third grade in a Waldorf public school. Very different. To being arrogant enough to say I can teach high school English, sure. which is my original credential. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I'll never forget, uh, Matt was like, hey, I just heard this podcast. There's this guy uh, who has this book, uh, the Edu Protocols. I'm happy to get that for you. You can check it out. Yeah. And and um, it changed everything. Yeah. It definitely everything it Everything and I, I just won't get into that because it's not a it's not an Edge of Protocols show right now. Um, but John Carippo wrote with Marlena Heyburn Edge of Protocols Field Guide Book One and Two, and it has gone on and on. So so who is John? John has been a classroom teacher. Mm-hmm. John has been um, a vice principal, principal, superintendent. You know, district officers, CFO—all. He's been in everywhere in education. Started his own school. Started his own high school. Yeah, like absolutely. Has dreams of starting a remote school. What? I know it. It's crazy, and John does crazy things, and then they work out for him.
1: Yeah. To Um, have
0: that kind of hubris. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I
2: I love it, but it's not because he packs it up. He packs it up, actually brings everything Yeah, home.
0: and when I met John, uh, he was, I forget his title, but like the lead of innovation or something along that lines of um, Q, which is computer using educators and ISTE right. affiliate here in um, the West Coast now. It's mm-hmm. Oregon, California, mm-hmm. Nevada. Um, John, he'll get into it in the episode, but he's been across this whole continent. Everywhere. Everywhere. I've
2: been everywhere, man, is John.
0: Caripas. Yeah, his, <laughs> Johnny Cash uh, you know, he's a, he's a close personal friend of mine as is his wife, Rhonda. She's a principal, um, in central California. And, uh, I mean, John literally texted me a little while ago from Italy. I didn't yeah. even know he was going to Italy. We talked often. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing in Italy? <laughs> I thought you were in Mexico city. No, that's next month. You oh, know? And so sure. he's, uh, I love that, not only because I love spending time with John, Mm -hmm. I've learned so much about being a professional, being honest in education, being reflexive in education, Um, but I've learned that it's okay to go out and do the thing, Mm -hmm. right? So John does keynotes, he does all these kinds of things, but what I just, what I love is he does classroom takeovers. Yeah. So he'll talk about that. He talks about being in like over 450 classrooms in the past year and a half. Oh, crazy. And, and and I've been lucky to do that at his side and watch him walk in, take over a classroom, teach blindly. Yeah. Because he's so freaking good at what he does. Insane. And then um, the teacher is able to observe Mm-hmm. and see it with their own kids. Yep. And it is life-changing. Mm-hmm. I'm one of them. He didn't take over my classroom yet. You should come and take over my classroom, John. <laughs> um, but so, way cool. yeah, without further ado, I give you Mr. John Carippo. Meeting with a couple educators that see like a larger viewpoint of education, I mean, why don't you tell us? Like, you've been all over right, the place. Okay. Tell us what you've been doing.
1: Well, okay, so I, I may be, I may have accidentally done a thing, um, where, so since last September, so that would be September of twenty twenty one. So not not this school mm-hmm. year, but counting last okay. year, I've been in something like four hundred and fifty classrooms, on three continents. In probably twenty-five school districts. Okay. And Whoa. and I'm seeing some really really glaring trends. Yeah, you- like and Jake, you got to you tell them what happens on my field trips that I go on because Jake went with yeah, me. Yeah,
0: they're time. fantastic. In fact, I want to talk to you about doing a ride along again next year. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> you got I love it. Bro. it. So uh, what? A year and a half ago or so it was in January. Um, yeah. Yeah, I met John in Southern California and we spent through two or three days doing classroom takeovers um, in elementary and middle school. And it was incredible uh, on a couple of levels. One, it was incredible just to watch John work outside of the conference model. I learned so much watching you, John, um, which is why I'm like, oh, I definitely have to do this again. No, you are a master at your craft. Nobody can say otherwise. The other thing we saw though was this was when (laughs) Omicron hit. So, oh. like, when John and I were driving from the airport, there were, like, lines yeah, we're everywhere. We're wondering if we're literally
1: going to die <laughs> yeah, that Yeah, like, night.
0: literally, like, we were going <laughs> to share a hotel room. We're like, eh, we're not going to do that anymore. Whoa. You know, <laughs> And, uh, like, lines around entire city blocks in South, you know, driving from LAX oh uh, for people to do testing. And, yeah. and uh, John, I'm sure you'll remember there were so many substitutes out. Cause they were they were sick oh yeah that uh we went to a kindergarten class that had two full kindergartens with one teacher oh my
1: yeah the teacher god. literally <sighs> he was like literally did this oh john god bless i'm so sorry <laughs> And I was like, what's wrong? She goes, they're crazy today. I go, I, uh, I'm used to seventh and yeah. eighth. And then she's like, and and they've been wild all day. And there's actually 32 yeah. of them. And it's a TK class. So their average age is 4.8. <laughs> Good luck. God bless.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you killed it. I was what? no problem. You killed it. We did Fast and Curious. Yeah.
1: Well, I will say now to to Jake's to Jake's point, he did bring the 32nd dance party. And
0: that didn't Oh, not Absolutely. Hurt. I also, I don't know if you remember, I was like, oh, there was, so there was a moment after we had been doing it, John was kind of interfacing with the teacher, like on a private, you know, like, hey, let me talk to you about under the hood kind of a stuff with this lesson. Cool. And I'm like, "Uh, there are 32 approximate four and a half year olds with nothing to do right now. You know, so I like, I slipped back into my first grade Waldorf mode totally. and I was like I doing like movement and dance and like singing about the, oh, I think awesome. I was singing about the little oh, gnome man. in the workshop and like, and John Allison is working over there and he's like, what is going on <laughs> over there? Wow.
1: Like, I'm like, <laughs> it's it's like Jake was starting his own little communist China. Yes. let all move.
0: And all together. the kids were moving and you know, call and response singing was oh really
1: so cool Man, i wish i had yeah. anyway skills so the point of that side story is so i've basically been evaluated 450 times over the last two right years. okay when yep. i'm doing these there's at least one classroom teacher usually there's two or three admins or tosas. um sometimes there's as many as five to eight people in the room and i'm walking in on this class cold turkey oh my God. cold turkey and they're basically going like this yeah impressive yeah, right and so here's some things i've learned from this um in k1 we should be teaching letter sound recognition with keyboarding you mean like typing
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. like literally open yep.
1: up uh there's a free app called typing club and you know what happens they go like this fff ggg fff ggg fff GGG, they're getting one-to-one feedback. If they type the wrong letter, it says that's the wrong damn letter. <laughs> and then the tomorrow there, A-A-A, S-S-S, A-A-A, S-S-S. If they get a good enough score, they get to play game. And so the difference here is the way that most kids learn alphabet is let's sit in a circle. Jake might get one question in the whole five minutes. And if he gets it wrong, he does not want to play tomorrow.
0: Yeah,
1: Tell me I'm wrong. And then I give you shut up sheets and have you color the letters by tracing them. And by February, half the kids still don't know half the letters. And we've been in there for six freaking months. Right? Nathan, you don't know what it's like to walk into a classroom of fourth graders and go like this. Type this on the screen. And Jake got to see this too. Tinyul.com slash the name of your own school. WUW. That's all they got to type. Tinyworld.com yes. slash the name of your own school, WUW. And they do this. Whoa. It's not
0: working. I go, what are you guys
1: doing? They go, where, where are the letters? Where are the letters? <laughs> and they're in fifth grade. They're in fifth grade, bro. What? They are in fifth grade. Yeah what yeah. yeah and this one kid one time he literally goes i hear a kid randomly yell out where's the five where's the five i go bro it's a number line it's right after four it's been there since kindergarten <laughs>
2: what Oh, Dude, you're blowing my mind right now
1: and if you think i know and it gets I... worse i go to fourth grade we're doing 99 math we're doing some math facts fourth graders are doing this
0: mm-hmm we're past that. Whoa. And I'm like, stop. Everybody stop. Whoa.
1: Everybody stop. We are not doing this on three times three. We are not Yikes. doing this on three times three. Now, this thing, what you're doing, this is cool for 77 plus 54. It's not cool yeah. for four times three. Jake, it is January. I got fourth graders that can't do three times three. Yep,
0: Whoa. yep working on their so fingers. So guess what they
1: do? They're like, okay, mister. And Jake will verify this. I barely even introduce myself. I go, stop it. (laughs) No more fingers. Sit on your hands. No more. (laughs) And they very calmly take out their multiplication charts. Okay. I can do this. And I put that away. This is three times three. (laughs) So um, I made them play four rounds of 99 math. And at the end, guess what's happening? Yeah. Right. It's clicking. They're jamming. Right. I put on my little backpack. I go to walk out of the room, and I spin around, and I go, four times four, and they go, 16. I go, that's how we do a baby. The point there is in K1, we're not teaching kids how to keyboard, and then we're surprised when fourth and fifth sixth graders can't write a sentence. (laughs) And then we've got fourth graders, and we're not actually teaching them math. Yeah. Mm. And we're surprised that sixth graders can't do fractions. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the macro pattern that I'm seeing, is that we're really, really bad, really bad, at getting easy stuff done yep. quickly. Mm. I will reiterate, where's the five? <laughs> um, On the number I, line. It's probably oh. top ten moments that I got closest to yelling that ever <laughs> in <the> class. <laughs> it's in the top. What? Yeah. And I was like. But then I thought I'll just tease him. It's after four, bro. It's number <laughs> yeah, line. Yeah. yeah. So then I see this pattern. And you guys verify this as real live teachers. Kids think that capitalizing the beginning of sentence is optional. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: No, that's Names. that's uh, Gen Z down. And Kids think that about putting
1: a period at the end is also optional and it's the only option. They never think about question marks or exclamations. And then the stuff that goes between those two things—the capital and the punctuation—kids who will not shut up for two hours about Minecraft all of a sudden say, "I don't know what to write." Yep, <laughs> yep. I got nothing. Yeah, <laughs> really. You don't have a single. <laughs> That's awesome. A single thought. Because I'm pretty sure that if if we were on a road trip right now, I'd put you in the back back seat of an station wagon. <laughs> because you're not you you're talking and you can't share right yeah so i think that poison enters the bloodstream in first grade (laughs) with sentence frames the poison. and think about it nate with a (sighs) sentence frame is the writer responsible for capitalizing no no No, not at all is the writer responsible for ending mark no just a few words And one or two yeah. words – they and they, they think that teachers like that. They think, oh, that's writing. So then when you take the sentence frame away, they're like, whoa, what the hell is this? And I always think of – this is probably too young for you, Nate. Uh, Benny Hill used to be like a – he's like I'm a low-dollar money. I'm aware of Benny Hill. OK, good, good, good. There was it's a the Benny song. Hill joke he told one time that it didn't, it didn't really come to life for me until I was teaching. But uh, – it was basically the story is that there was a kid who had he and you got to imagine it in that Benny Hill funny uh-huh. voice. Well, this this kid had never talked since he was eight <laughs> years old. He's eight years old. He's never talked in his whole life. And one day he says, "Mama, dad, the oatmeal's too cold." And they're like, "Boy, he's talking. He, when did you learn to talk?" And he goes, "The oatmeal's always been okay." <laughs> and I think. There's a lot of that going on in the classroom. We're and the the new the new term I'm calling this is baby birding. Yeah. The kids literally yeah. want me to chew up everything yeah. and spit it in their mouth, and I am not here for yeah. that.
2: Yeah.
1: And now I'm going to go up to junior and high school. We do a cyber sandwich. There's just one table of four girls, and they're a little spicier, right? They're the feisty girls. And the person that's with me, Jen Calderon, she goes over and she says, um, how do you guys like this assignment? And they go, you know what? We don't. We don't like it. And Jen says, whoa, what about it? What about it do you not like? She goes, and the one, the leader, the alpha female of the group says, "Um." normally miss does all of this for us and tells us what's important oh no and jen's like oh you should never ought to say that (laughs) that's bad (laughs) that's bad you're gonna expect more of this treatment (laughs) so but i'm seeing these patterns that nobody sees across multiple classrooms and and here's the the paradox of it you guys Mike, uh, sorry, John Hattie's research, and Jacob, you'll probably know this one, so give Nate some think time. John Hattie's <laughs> so research young. says <laughs> How
0: old do you well, think? Well, it's not I that. Am, you've, heard
1: me, you've heard me say it before. It's, it's, it, well, Jacob's just heard me say it right. before. What's John Hattie's number one correlation of classroom success? What's the number one thing that brings classroom success in terms of teacher practices?
2: From John Hattie.
1: From John Hattie. Number one thing. uh, I'm gonna go. Yeah, he was telling us how smart he was a minute ago. Relationship. (laughs) No good not a bad (laughs) guess though. Um, number one thing was collective teacher efficacy. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. And see, when I can sit down in first grade and say, listen, if these little shits just knew where the letters on the keys were and they knew what that was one through five, I could go 40 percent faster all year in first grade. So kindergarten, just get them able to type a sentence by themselves, including I had one kid call the exclamation mark an upside down I one time (laughs) and I was like, where did you get that crap? like you're a 12th grader. So think <laughs> about like how <laughs> think about how the kids benefit when the teachers are doing things that are setting the kids up for the next yeah, level. Right. And the easy way for me to analogize this is if you're a football coach and you're running the varsity team What you're going to do is you're going to go to the JV and say, "Here's the offense I want you guys to run." Mm -hmm. You are not going to say, "Oh, do whatever you want," and I'll teach them all the vocabulary and footwork next year when I get them. You're not going to do that. You're not going to win championships that way. Well, you know, there's all this. So we're we're dropping the ball on that part.
2: There's all the 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 trend sort of towards. You know vertical alignment that's a that's a hot topic yeah but
1: we're horrible yeah. at it
2: so so it's like yeah we're horrible mm, at it w- yeah why why so here's why? my version like, of vertical like people alignment. Here's it's, my it's an idea that that uh that we have in our collective teacher consciousness but like how are we Doing is it just that we hate working with each other? You gotta remember, we're the same people that
1: fight over who's gonna read Hatchet, we're the same people that fight over who's gonna read Hatchet, and we're the same people that think that giving an eighth grader The Hobbit to read over the summer is gonna make any Mm. sense. Mm. So, you we can't be left to our own (laughs) devices, we've got to look outside of our industry. And so here's, here's what it, uh, it looks like. And, you know, I got a shout out to Randy Haggard, my principal, in about 2003 or He He sat us down in grade levels and he said, identify the top five things in ELA your kids are bad at. So each grade level did that fifth grade, sixth grade, fourth grade, third grade. Then he put us in grade ranges and he said, Now, on the next staff meeting, compare what you're bad at in grade ranges. And it went just like this, Nate. Uh, I got uh, my kids are horrible at capitalizing. Fourth grade's like, Me too. Sixth grade, Me too. And I was like, Oh my God. Nobody's ever taking them to mastery. We're all just doing these like weekend trips about capitalization and that was part of the origin of protocols. I'm going to pound this mm-hmm. thing until I say capital and you say yes sir <laughs> like I'm going to pound it until it's a thing and um, and and what happens is nobody ever owns anything and they blame the book. Oh we had to get through the whole book. No you yeah, don't. Right. No, nothing, nothing shows that getting through the whole book does any good right. ever. Yeah. And um, and so then that really made me go, oh, crap. So what you're saying is if I could get my kids to do these things for seventh grade and then I could get fourth grade. So basically we went to our we were sixth grade and we went to the four, uh, fifth grade team and we're like, can you guys do these things for us? And guess what happened at the beginning of the meeting? They were a little frustrated. But listen to what our top 10 list was. Name on paper every time. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Yep.
1: And I literally said, I did the math on this. You'll save me 21 hours a year of chewing kids out for name on paper. At, at 14 seconds a piece. it's going to be like nine hours a year. Um, make sure that in their backpacks, train them to have their pen and their homework in the backpack. Mm-hmm. Because I actually timed it and it took them 41 seconds to get their homework out. If you do that four times a day, times 180 days, that's another nine hours. Uh, Teach them their times, multiplication, addition. Teach them all that. Teach them their parts of speech. If you'll just do those six things, I can do everything next year 40% faster. And we don't think like that as teachers because we're the master of our domain Right. Yeah. and nobody tells me what to do. And I'm practically a college professor. Can't you tell? <laughs> and we need to back off on that and we, lo- and we need to get greedy about big numbers in terms of growth. We need to say, OK, I want to make sure that my kids are going to move 25 or 30 points because here's another thing we don't talk about how about this as an idea Hmm. if if nate's kids grow 15 points in fifth grade and i move them 15 points in sixth grade and jake moves them 15 points in seventh grade that's 45 percent why isn't that happening anywhere Hmm. yeah you should look at your school and say okay everybody should be at like 60% by third grade, Mm -hmm. but that's not what we do. And here's my thesis. We are simply doing the same thing to them over and over again. Yeah. uh,
2: Yeah. Your perspective on that. The kids that are ineffective
1: are ineffective. Yeah. The kids that are ineffective are ineffective and they will continue to be
0: so. Yeah.
1: And they're going to be in the 30th percentile for the rest of their career.
0: Okay. So I'm curious about something, John, unless did, were you going to finish something? I didn't mean to cut you off. Okay. I've been talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So I'm curious though. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed the kid like capitalization, right? Sophomores come on like you know, right. What the, you know, these things, but what I found is that they say things like, oh, I didn't know that we were writing that way right now. Have you noticed this? I, like, a, okay. where like, oh, that there's comes multiple from workshop. modalities that comes from workshop. here. Like, no, please, always that comes from workshop. Capital and use proper grammar. That
1: comes from workshop. So, I'm gonna keep saying okay. this. That comes from workshop.
0: Okay. Back to Lucy Calkins. Okay.
1: Did I mention that that comes from, that workshop? from
0: workshop? Mm-hmm. So that's from workshop com- because I don't have a
1: sloppy copy in my mm-hmm. world. Right. We are always writing the best we can. You know who taught me that? This is hilarious. This is why it's important to listen to kids because they will tell you the answers. Um, I had an eighth grader one time. And, oh, my God, he wrote the worst three-paragraph thing ever. And I was like, bro, that's straight
0: no one's F. Eating that and he goes,
1: oh, okay, when do we rewrite it? And I was like, Never. dude, we ain't rewriting it. Everything's a one shot yeah. deal. And needless to say, he was not super happy with it. <laughs> um, he's like, That's that's rip-off. I go, dude, no, that's how we do it. So I said, What makes you think that it's okay to just write me a bad copy and then put that in? And he goes, Well, that's that's how Miss So and so did it last year. And I go, Oh, so walk me through this. And basically, he says that what the teacher does is um, he puts out the least effort possible. This is the kid telling me. I put Mm -hmm. out the least effort possible. And then, quote, she spends all weekend grading it. And he goes, then on Monday, I correct everything she likes. Because she's going to give me a better grade if I say what she wants so i'm waiting for her to tell me what she wants
0: that's insert visceral reaction here that's brilliant yeah smart kid that and is a i'm smart like kid. oh Shit, that kid. this
1: kid is smart. Mm-hmm. yeah this kid is smart so i go well you just need to know that that deal's <laughs> over
0: <not> <laughs> yeah yeah that's marcus Borg is and guess
1: who later got his mfa guess who got his mfa in literature That guy. Definitely. That's awesome. So I feel like I I may have had a small hand in that. I won't put a big hand in that. But I taught him how to write hard all the time. Mm -hmm. And everything is everything is a one shot deal. And if I want you to revise something, I'll tell you what to revise when we do the next round. Not
0: now. Right. I don't got time for Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, we're moving on. And we're gonna hit it 18 more times, right? We're gonna win
1: on reps, mm-hmm. as opposed to winning on revising the same one every time. Because guess what? It's pretty boring to write something three times.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: So how's that for a stinger? That's
0: fantastic. <laughs> you know, you hit right. At one of the things that we're everything.
1: Everything is always. Everything is always live.
0: It's always live.
1: Everything is it always, always live.
0: counts for the process
1: show me a football team where they say hey guys don't worry about catching it every time today <laughs> right <laughs> oh it's okay if part of you are offsides part of the time <laughs> it's only thursday could you imagine you know the biggest problem they have in, in as a football coach you know the biggest problem you have as a football coach when on thursdays we're doing or fridays depending on the grade level on thursday or fridays we're doing walkthroughs and the, the coaches call it thud, which is run up to the guy and just give him a bump. We're not actually going to tackle him. That is the hardest thing to teach in football. Mm. You know why? Everybody's geared up to mm, whack somebody. Right. The game is whacking somebody. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, you guys have got to quit doing that or I'm going to move you to two-hand tag. And they're like, okay, coach. And then they do it again. <laughs> I'm like, you got to quit doing that. So I'm trying to bring that same um, uh, ethos to writing. We're always in. Like whoever does, oh, I'm going to do a crappy TikTok post. Yeah. My TikTok post is going to be It'll really be crappy. Fine. You don't, that's not how people mm-hmm. do things. Mm-hmm. It's not how they do things. So you got to build that ethos. Right.
0: I'm just imagining like your But coach. you've
1: got teachers that say, just do a sloppy copy. We're going to rewrite it next week. Ew. Yeah. As if. Yeah,
2: for me, actually, like part of my whole like prompts and like schema, and this is for, for college level st- stuff. So it's a little, little bit different world but it's also like i want to see to the best of your ability yeah right can you you do this this and i want whatever it is to the best of your ability and i reserve judgment to say sometimes i know you can do better yeah
1: sometimes (laughs) i'm having my kids write formally and sometimes it's wildly creative and goofy Like the kid, we were doing the genre of expository writing, and he he did one with how to kidnap kids. (laughs) I did not see that coming. Okay. Uh, And he actually had a picture of a van that said free candy on the side. And I'm like, oh, he gets the assignment. He understands what we're doing here. amazing. Um, So I will have kids write in ways that are – you know, very formal or very informal, but there's never a point where you say, just throw some crap on yeah. there because I'm not looking. No. That is not a no. thing.
0: Yeah. I love that. I have that vision of like, yeah. you know, Fresno State, you know, football coach. Okay. And I want you to get out there and give me like 68%. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is not a thing. And yet we live through that right. every day in a yeah. classroom.
2: Well, another thing that that I kind of have been incorporating, too, is it's just like every step of every piece of writing we're going to do has used later. You're Mm -hmm. going to use it later. So it's like if you you do really garbage annotations on this, this is going to suck for you so hard later. For a long time. For the next, like, month. (laughs) You're not going to know what's going on. You're not going to have anything to reference.
1: Well... And that's another thing that I got from Fresno State football. My coach there used to tell us this a lot. I'm going to teach you this. It may not make sense, but I need you to do it perfectly because I'm going to teach you this so we can do something later. And we don't have progressions in school. Like in math, if you do a good job, you know what you get to do? You get to never do that assignment again. (laughs) That makes no sense. (laughs)
2: You're free. You're free of your, your bonds. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's like approaching yep. education that way where it's just like, it's, 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 we were, we're talking with Marissa, actually, and she was like, what, like, because when we're doubling down on the actual skills, right, then it starts right. to feel like there isn't enough, or it's like, it's too easy, yep. or there isn't enough rigor to it. And it's like, no, I'm doubling down on the skills that I want. I'm not gonna put them in a in a rat race. I'm not gonna put them on a spinning wheel of of things that aren't useful. Yeah. Like I want to actually We're not double down for on both. a scale. I'm not looking well, for hard. I, I, so that's I'm not looking, looking for,
1: for. That's a great place to focused. wrap up. That's a great place yeah. to wrap up because I don't want this to go yeah, on too yeah. long. So we teach kids all these standards. I'm gonna riff, I'm gonna riff on Marissa right mm-hmm. now. Uh, we teach them all these standards, but if they can't write a paragraph. We teach them all these standards, but if they can't do a word problem, we teach them all these standards, but if they can't do a presentation, yeah. we teach them all these standards, but if they can't make a web page, like if if there's not a macro skill mm-hmm. that you can use uh, or execute when you're done,
2: what's the point? We're yeah. failing. What's the point?
1: Knowing standards by itself is uh, and I'm I'm somebody's going to be <laughs> mad at me for this. Knowing the standards. Is fairly useless. Yeah. yeah. That'd be like saying, I know my color wheel perfectly. Can you draw a, a picture of your a cat? No. <laughs> but if you want me to color yours, I can. Yeah. <laughs> Big whoop de doo, man. If you can't actually do the task, yeah. you don't have much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, can you work on cars? Yes, I can change the oil. Mm-hmm. Anything else? No, that's all I can do. <laughs> but I'm a mechanic. Very good at it,
2: right? Yeah.
1: No. Where are
2: the spark plugs? What are those? Mm-hmm. That that my,
1: you're not really you're not really doing it
2: at that, that whole point. ethos for me. Like I feel I feel like I was pretty. Uh, I had the advantage of coming from a very different kind of teaching, where like most of the teaching I've actually done is music teaching and in music teaching there mm-hmm. is no oh you did this happen. it's like you either play the song or, <laughs> or you don't or how about don't. this
1: let's do stairway to heaven crap yeah
2: exactly let's just God. wing and it so like it doesn't work like that. actually i've had some uh, just because of the way the like i think the culture of the current set of students like i had my music class this year was kind of it took a lot of extra effort for me to get those kids up to where I wanted them to be but you know part of the thing was like I was <laughs> I was basically just like look I will let you crash and burn yeah. like if there's a show and we're going to perform and you don't you haven't practiced and you don't know your part that's too bad for you like <laughs> you're, I'll, I'll let you learn that hard lesson the ship is yeah. going to say cuz right. it's like you have to yeah. develop the skill and if you're not willing to do that then what are we doing here
1: well here's one last little thing you you made me think of on the macro scale everywhere i go teachers have kids that won't work right right? but the the teachers have created that Mm -hmm. ethos because here's what they do work quietly i'm going to be at my desk or i'm going to be working with the small group so i have no idea what you're doing over there Human children are born procrastinators, (laughs) and so they're going to procrastinate. All people, including adults, because you've done this to some, Jake, when you Uh go to teach people protocols, they usually screw up the first protocol because they don't get it. So what happens with kids is when they don't get it, what happens is they just hide in the back of the room and they're like, I'm working. I'm not doing anything. (laughs) That's why I only let kids use pen in my classroom because I got tired of them. Writing a paragraph and then erasing it. Writing another paragraph and then erasing it. And then when I go to help them, they're like, it was really good, but I erased it. (laughs) How dumb do you think I am, dude? Okay. So here's the thing that protocols really think – I think helps a lot, which is um, the the immediacy of low-grade public uh, analysis of your actual work really backs that off. Because your friend is going to look over at you, and they're going to be like, bro, what have you been doing? (laughs) Like when you do an Iron Chef and everybody shares, if you're the only kid in the class that has nothing, there is a social awkwardness there (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that I don't have to engineer. The kids are like, oh, (laughs) EGAD. That's bad. What have you been doing? Teachers are so used to. Yeah, teachers are so used to kids blowing off the work that they don't realize that if you show everybody who did the work, they will naturally start not wanting to look like the outlier. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. that calibration. And that's what
1: gets kids working. Yeah. Which is also fulfills another paradox, which is uh, I'm going to call this the carippo phenomenon. If you're actively working and trying.
0: You have to grow. Weirdest thing ever. It's true.
1: And if your kids in your class are not growing, guess what that tells me? They're not trying. Yep. They're not actively trying and growing. It's that simple. And that's really the magic is how do I get everybody to actively work and actively try? And if I can get that done, everything else follows. That's a good rose, actually. (laughs) <laughs> Literally like, everything else follows. If I can get if I can get every fourth grader to quit doing this and do three times three in their head 135 times in the next hour in a week, we'll be fine. Yeah. And then they start going, This guy's got something here. Like I never got math yeah. before. <laughs> but now that I'm actually doing it, it's pretty cool. When that happens, they start believing in you. And then all of a sudden you're the teacher of the year because the kids, people can give you any kid and they start growing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They know their time's not being wasted. I love that. It's fantastic. I love that takeaway, John. Hey, we don't want to take up your whole day. You got yard work to do, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Don't tell Rhonda. Weeds ain't going to pull themselves. Weeds
0: man. ain't going to pull himself.
1: No, no, no. no. Yeah. Well, well, it was a great conversation it was great, it was great yeah it was really good to talk to you i john. love this show
0: um you got to give mac a big pat for me your dogs his I will dog do is that. the greatest I will, dog you want it. me
1: to send you some of his fur maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice.
0: all right well we're gonna sign yeah. off um i sure uh, thanks okay. for coming on john it was good to see you yeah right. you bet keep on
1: doing what you do you guys i mean Like when Daybird just started publishing books, I said, oh, my God, this is the analogy uh, to – it's the opposite of Budweiser or Coors, right? In the old days, you could only buy beer from like five brands, and now you can buy thousands of brands of beer. Mm -hmm. And what's a mead anyways? (laughs) Like Budweiser would never make a a mead and ciders and all this, Right. And, and so what happened in, in publishing is Dave Burgess is one of the people that allowed people to tell their own reality, their own story without being like a college professor. Yep. And, uh, you guys doing stuff like this is just continuing to build that network of teachers doing their own thing for their own purposes. And if either one of you guys got shipped to Kansas or New York, you wouldn't show up and go, Oh, I can't start teaching until you guys hand me the workbooks, bro. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I can't prep. I can't prep yet. I don't have the books. No. You wouldn't do that because you know how you want to teach Latin roots and know you know how you want to teach reading comprehension and you own that as a true professional. So yay for yeah. you. Yeah, Well, thanks, thanks for John. that, John. Yeah. A lot of it comes from you. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Good stuff. Yeah.
2: You've reshaped I so you much. Good mentors is important as Absolutely. we have discussed.
0: And there's one right there. And there's one right mm-hmm. there. Excellent. Cool. There's one right <laughs> there. There's one right there. Okay, boys. Awesome. Thanks, John. Yeah. Have a good one. <laughs> Bye. You bet. See ya. John Carrippo,
2: everybody, has a lot of things to say <laughs> about education <laughs> and without mincing words. Yeah. Uh, and we love that about him. But I love what he has to say there at the end, and especially the Carrippo effect. What did he say? Uh, the
0: Carrippo phenomenon. The Carippo <laughs>
2: phenomenon. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of, of basically just like, if you get kids working and actually trying like that's yeah. really what it is is it's just like to the best of your effort if you're trying you will learn things yep. you will grow and i love how he talks about leveraging like positive peer pressure and i always try to do that as well because um i'm just not a disciplinarian type of person um i'm just not scary i, can, I have my scary moments and, and I and I choose those wisely because you know, if they're rare, they're scarier. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't, I don't I don't lead with that. I lead with community and trying to build community in the classroom. And I think a really important part of that is leveraging positive peer pressure to do the thing to try like yeah. that's why we're here. Why are you sitting here? And
0: and and not doing anything. Yeah, I love that John said uh, building the ethos yeah. of doing well every time, that is and so and not good. meaning like that perfection, right? No, doing well maybe not getting it right, not understanding the mm-hmm. skill, but like working hard and trying and like being in mm-hmm. the machine of learning, right. Um, and then you know the the Carippo phenomenon. I love that. I think it's funny. Um, the the opposite side of that is actually frightening. You know, right? If you look at if you look at the data since like nineteen seventy three, the amount of growth is very little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then you know, unbacked by science, the Carippo phenomenon. Does that you know? How often are students just? doing busy work. Yeah. Doing things that aren't stretching them, things that they're not putting the time or the effort into feeling uncomfortable, that liminal space to move to move forward, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And like I've seen it in my classroom. I know those kids that, that I'm not pushing. Oh, totally. Right? Mm-hmm. Or even <laughs> nudging. <laughs> 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 like they they they're really good at avoiding discomfort
2: very good at avoiding and
0: and and I think that
2: comes from just being afraid too. You're you're afraid because you don't want to look like you don't have the skill. You don't yeah. want to look like you did it wrong. You don't want to do it wrong. You don't want to be embarrassed by your own mistakes. Yep. But then that kind of circles back around like mistakes have to be okay mm-hmm. from you as a teacher and for students in your class, making mistakes has to be okay, and it has to be a part of what you're doing. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't keep shooting for the
0: moon. No, you can't. And and you know, John talks a lot in his work about reps. Yeah. I right. Guess. And 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 I think you know if we hear the what is it Malcolm Gladwell talked about the ten thousand hour principle, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, if you do yeah. something for ten thousand hours, you'll become a master of it. And yeah, sure. and he clarified that, and he was like, you can't. Do crappy piano work for (laughs) 10,000 hours. You're going to become a master of crappy piano. Yeah. Right?
2: Actually, I've seen this happen before.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like they do the same bad thing over and over and over. Uh, So we have people that have become masters mm, of not capitalizing. mm, Right. mm -hmm. Um, But so that's mass and spaced rep that I believe that's a Marzano phrase. Uh, You know, John talks a lot about. Diving in, doing the thing well, not that you're right, but learning and growing every iteration closer and closer towards mastery, moving Mm -hmm. that needle further towards mastery. But if I take to heart some of the things that we've talked about today, I need to talk about my own reflection and my own refining. Of a practice because it is the end of the year. We're in the last week. It is yep. right. So the, the school year Grids is are do, really uh, almost over. They're due tomorrow. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm good. Okay, I'm good. We did that. Um, <clears throat> I'm not good. <laughs> maybe we can refine that practice. Yeah, but uh, but I've been thinking about look, what am I going to do better <laughs> next year? How can I be one per you know one percent change? How can I yeah. move that needle just a little bit? I'm going to be front-loading the year with, uh, I'm going to really purposefully be diving into exactness in language. And I love that I just said that in a really unexact way. (laughs) uh, 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 (laughs) Right? Um, We can make mistakes here, people. Diving into critical thinking and analysis, and especially the language involved in that. Yeah. I feel like these things
2: have become so threatening yeah. to people. If you're questioned or you're questioning, that is somehow a threat. But I have never
0: seen it that way. It's an opportunity to grow. Yeah. It's an opportunity to, well, to li- find something new. That takes us a little back to something that Marissa E. Thompson, to help people Google her, um, <clears throat> talked about, right? the, the uh-huh. It's okay to own your faults. Yeah. And 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 when you're confronted, <laughs> yeah. you know, through critical analysis, mm-hmm. it's a huge growth. You experience the Carippo phenomenon.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> have to be have yeah. to be engaged, have to be working. So how about you? Reflective for, praxa, for me, Practice for me. Well, you can't steal mine. Well, like I'm still going to be teaching my. Very experimental, dual-enrolled uh, English college freshman. Freshman comp is what it it's so traditionally cool. be called. But uh, first-year writing or um, in our system, English 2 is yeah. what it's called. But, yeah, dual-enrolled. So they get college credit for it. And, and, and we've shifted it next year to I, I got to take the whole year this year to do a college class over the span of a year, which I mentioned in my conversation with Marissa a little bit um, and with John. but. Uh, we're condensing it to just being a semester and I'm teaching one two-hour block. Now, I haven't taught a two-hour <laughs> block...
0: Yeah, it's different.
2: ...in a long time. Yeah. So it's going to be a very different model and I'm going to have to kind of rethink that. But some things that I really needed to double down on were... Um, especially, like, grading. I have a really difficult relationship with grading because I think in... like like john mentions like i don't want to uh i don't want my grades to be like punishments i don't want my grades to be um like behavior modification like i I feel like teachers often follow into that track where it's just like compliance yeah it's like you know you you have to get this you have to earn these points and this last year i really like threw all that out the window and tried contract grading and there were some things i really liked about contract grading Um, if, if you haven't looked into it, it's, it's basically just like you set the bar as I want you to do this to each assignment to the best of your ability. And if you do all of the assignments, everything I ask of you to the best of your ability, you will get an A in the class. So you're not like, you're not, um, hurt by making mistakes as long as you do each assignment to the best of your ability. But that's really confusing for high school students. It's So far <laughs> they, different. They don't understand how to take that in because they're so used to being sort of like controlled yeah. and playing to the way their grading scheme works. Yeah. Um, so I need to find some kind of hybrid in between. Um, and
0: that's that's a big one for me. Yeah. I'm gonna really have to think about that. Maybe we'll crowdsource that one. Yeah. If anybody out there practices a hybridized yeah. contract grading, I I'd would love, love would love to hear from you.
2: Yeah, talk talk about it. especially in like a high school college model. Uh, yeah, I'm just in a weird space in education. <laughs> that's just that's just always how it's been for me. And and you
0: know what? Like I love living in that chaos.
2: Honestly, you're good at it. I'm
0: good at it. You're good at it. And <laughs> and um, I love that. Yeah, like you thrive in a certain whirlwind that some do not. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's um, definitely. That's <laughs> but so I'm thinking about a couple of students that you work closely with that are very type A. Oh my gosh! Like so much. Where's my daytimer planner? Yes. You know, <laughs> Where is this? I'm only allowed to be here for seven and a half minutes. <laughs> Because it'll take a half a minute to walk across the quad. And then I have a two minute meeting, you know, very scheduled. And that is not your world. No, it's not. No, And and sometimes when I
2: interface with those students, um, I definitely am am not what they want. But I I feel like it's very good for us to have that kind of meet in the middle exchange because... You're you're going to run into all different kinds of education, especially if you go on to college. Oh, absolutely. And so you need to have the ability to communicate with your teacher and like clarify things mm-hmm. and, and find where those boundaries are to make sense of it for yourself. Yeah. You know? Find the edges. Um, and and I love that kind of type A kid that that immediately freaks out and then they kind that like they learn how to hang. And they learn that I'm not gonna like Hurt them right. for no reason.
0: Well, I wonder how much, ooh, especially ah, with grading. How much of that student personality mm. oh, is like is helped. reactive mm-hmm. to being hurt in the past? Yeah, you have a good point. I, I mean, and, and not everybody. Some people just move that way in the world totally, naturally. Yeah, but there is a fear. Mm-hmm. You know, and to go back to yeah. something that John talked about that, you know, mass versus spaced practice do well yeah. every time growing right. towards it while, while not dinging them for making a mistake. Mm-hmm. Right. I call it the practice field in my class. And yeah. then there's game day. Totally. Right. We might do you know, vocabulary practice for a week or two, and then they do have a quiz. That's and they, you
2: probably know. what I'm gonna move more towards.
0: Yeah, you know, so it's like, you did the thing, you get the points. Mm-hmm. Now, the quiz is what kind of stretches out the the difference in grading. Totally, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, boy, we talked about a lot today.
1: <sighs> I, that was fun. There's a lot
0: to think about. I enjoyed this, we, we had a couple of heavy weeks there, thanks for making it through it. Yeah. Um just closing up big special thanks to Marissa and John for being on the podcast yeah it was an honor it was an honor I'm really enjoying getting guests on the podcast right if you have something to offer and you're interested reach out to us yeah right we'd love to have a conversation we love like expanding each of those
2: conversations we're like hey let's just talk for 10-15 minutes we ended up talking for like 45 minutes yeah it was it's, fantastic it's so much fun to just get into the weeds of education and that's what this is all about yep all right We'll see you later. See you in the next one.